You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today we have Janine Kelbach from the Savvy Nurse Writer with us. Janine, thanks so much for being here today. Well, thanks for having me, Katie. Awesome. So why don't you start out by giving us a little background about you as a nurse? What kind of nurse are you? And and we'll talk about how it led to what you're doing now. Sure. So I am a registered nurse here in Cleveland, Ohio, and I work in OB. I've been OB nurse since 2006, and I obtained my certification and my BSN and all the things, did all the things kind of in, in OB that I could. I was assistant nurse manager, charge nurse, preceptor, even worked as the unit educator for a little while. And then I transitioned a little bit into my freelance writing work, which is what I do now. So, Although I still am PRN. <laughs> we, we always have one foot in the door. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> it's funny, no matter how, like, yeah, no, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about like your work in the hospital. So you did all these different jobs, but um, did any of them really work for you or they didn't work for you? What were you looking for? So they worked for me in the sense of I was getting the gratification of being a nurse, right? And helping other people and then helping nurses, and then helping the unit be successful, and then helping everybody succeed in their education. So in those job roles, yes, it was fulfilling, but there was always still just something missing, and it came down to the freedom and flexibility aspect that you don't get when you're behind the closed doors for 12 hours a day. Yeah, I think part of the problem is, and maybe the hospital system likes this, is that we're so busy that we don't have time to like sit back, think and reflect about what we want because we're so busy like, doing stuff for them. Absolutely. Um, and they kind of expect it. Yes. Yes. I think they do it on purpose. Um, so how did you pinpoint what was missing in your life? Honestly, it came, it wasn't me. It was my family. And Honestly, <laughs> in a sense, I mean, it wasn't even that it was just like, you know, nobody was able to help me with my kids. So it wasn't like I had the mother in law who could do my daycare for me or like my mom picking up the kids from school or an aunt or whoever my husband was working full time too. So I think as as women as nurses, a lot of us take it all on right we do everything we're the <laughs> Minecraft gift card holders. <laughs> we're the we're the ones who are feeding everybody. We're planning our days. We're planning out for the kids. We pack the lunches. We make the dinners. We do the laundry. We still do all these things. Not from the help, you know, we still get help from our spouses, whatever. But in the overall everything, it's still on us. And when you're working night shift, when you're working 12s, when you're doing on call, when you're working every other weekend, you get to a point you can only stretch so far and then it's like the rubber band's going to snap. And it did. It, it came to the point that I'm like, I'm not the mom I want to be. I'm the nurse I want to be. I can do that all day long and I love it. But when it comes to being a mom, I'm like, I need to be here for these kids more. I don't, I don't want them to grow up thinking all mom did was go to work all the time. So now, you know, I'm able to have that flexibility a little bit, but yeah, it was a turning point when I had my second son and realized I need to be home more. I need to be home more. 
Yeah. And, and something always gives, you know, we always feel like we can do everything, but it comes at a cost of something. And, you know, it might not be your job. It might not be your family, but something like it's yourself. Usually. Yeah. It usually ends up being you. And then you start gaining weight and yep. unhealthy feeling like and, garbage. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you went from uh, working and, and being a charge nurse. Oh my goodness. And all those different roles can be, were you ever a nurse manager? Cause that role, I feel like. I did the assistant else. nurse management and they offered me management. And I'm like, uh-uh, didn't even anyway. like the assistant nurse management. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I liked my patients too much. Honestly, I, I still, even as an educator, I like finagled it so that I could still do bedside once a week. Cause I felt like I felt like I still wanted to be, and I wanted to be an educator that worked alongside of the people I was educating so that I could do that hands-on to help them to, you know, do all that. So yeah, I think a lot of people go into those higher positions to get away from bedside. And I'm like, but I still like the bedside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get away. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of nurses are in your position where they're probably listening going, yeah, that's me too. So how did you decide, or at what point were you like, well, I'm going to go into freelancing and how did you even know you could do something like that? So it was a little bit of a transition from, I was offered a position doing home care for OB patients. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the best thing ever. So I would go to their houses and do injections and manage some preterm labor things and whatever. Well, it got to what I, what it sparked in me was, oh, wow, I could work on my own. I love working on my own. And I only needed to reach out to the company if I had problems. And I didn't really have any problems. You know, maybe I was out of some medication or whatever. But like, other than that, there wasn't really problems. I would do my job and schedule my patients and planned everything accordingly, take my laptop, do all the things. And it was very, it was very nice because I was like, I have control of my schedule. I know when I can schedule my patients. I know when I could get work done and I don't need to be behind the walls of the hospital for 12 hours. So I loved it. But it came to a point in that job, I was um, in the worst areas of Cleveland, Ohio here. And one of my patients actually got murdered. Another oh. patient, um, she, in this not a fall of her own, I always ask everybody to keep their dogs locked up. And I was actually giving her an, ex an injection one day and my back was to the dog. Well, the dog wasn't there at the time. My back was turned. She was obviously turned for the injection and this dog like ran down the steps and attacked me and I was pretty hurt. So I, I think that was a light bulb moment. You know, I still had another, a baby at home. I'm like, oh my God, I just got eaten by like this pit bull. Oh my <laughs> <So> God. <laughs> This isn't good. My husband's like, you know, I'm never going to tell you what to do. I just think, you know, I work at the bank down the road and people, the detectives that come in the bank say that they don't go without two people in a vehicle to these houses, that you're just going to these houses. He goes, I'm just saying, like, be careful. I'm like, I'm always careful. They love me. And they did. I mean, they, they would call me the angel Janine. They wouldn't call me nurse Janine. So, you know, I felt safe in a sense, but it wasn't safe. And then they cut our pay to like a quarter of what we were making. I'm like, yep really not not worth it at why? all so why? why would they cut your pay i think they thought like because the company was down in columbus ohio and you know we're here in cleveland and they just didn't realize the violence and the the bad areas we were going in i would have done it if it was you know in my neighborhood or just you know down the road like no big deal but i mean it was pretty dangerous we're trying to tell them like no it's not they had i think they came away like with there was only six of us. I think all five of us quit. There was one nurse that like couldn't quit. And so 
they hire new people people went for it but yeah that's the stuff that pisses me off because they i know they just send they didn't learn message, a thing yeah that you're a commodity you're replaceable yep. and you feel that way and it's really frustrating um and, and you do want something more you it's want so to dangerous yeah and it's yeah. so dangerous <laughs> uh, there's been we we um uh i had an all pair for a while and he wanted to um what is it? Uh, foster dogs. So we ended up getting two pit bulls, uh, and they were the nicest dogs ever. But the jaws in that thing, oh my god! Like I never understood the news stories where they're like, oh, you know, the dog attacked and killed so and so, and I'm like, oh, just pull them off. And now I'm looking at these no. dogs, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no. And the that dog that attacked me, I had on my winter coat a fleece, like thicker than the sweatshirt I have on, and um, a scrub top, a t-shirt. And then like, obviously my bra and he bit through off all those layers and still punctured and made me bleed and scared the crap yeah. out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I would think I was more scared. I didn't even know, like if I had a limb left, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that was the worst experience I ever had. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. Was this when the, when your family had your, the intervention with you or? <laughs> Pretty much. Well, I think I had the intervention with myself in the urgent care. I was like. <laughs> I don't think it's worth it anymore. <laughs> Something's got to be done. Okay, oh, and so then, like I had to do a police report. That was a whole whole deal too. That that was an intervention for myself too. Like I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm like I'm going to do this police and my resignation letter at the same yeah, time. Yeah, at the same time, and I did actually. Katie, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now you're out of a job, and what were the, the next thoughts? Well, I was going to school for my BSN. I decided to sign up for that, and um. I was Googling, like so many of us do, nursing jobs I can do from home. And I think it's more popular than ever. And I came across just randomly freelance writing. I had no idea what that even meant. I knew the writing part, but I had no idea what freelance meant. And I looked into it and I was like, I love to write and I can use my words to educate patients and okay, like maybe this could be a thing. So I didn't tell anybody I was doing it because I didn't really, I didn't think it was real. So I joined this group of like freelance moms and I'm like, well, I'm a mom. I'd even do the whole nursing thing. I'm like, well, I'm a mom. I can write like these moms, write. And then those, those moms were like, you're a nurse. Like, this is amazing. You, you should get into the health industry and da, da, da. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Help me. <laughs> so they did. And I, I forged my path through it and you know, it was lucrative to a point that it, I would get angry. I'm like, why am I making more as a writer than I am as a nurse? Like, this is wrong. And I still tell nurses that are like, what do you mean you make more as a writer? I'm like, it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> but it is what it is. And I'm, I'm going to go with it because I, it gives me what I want in, in life right now, the flexibility and freedom that so many of us are looking for. Yeah, no, that, that's so important. And I, you know, I remember uh, when I first started, and this is back in like 2013 or 14, when I was just really getting my feet wet. And I remember thinking like, I don't understand how people get paid from writing blogs. Like this does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, who are these random people that, that pay you? Yeah. Like, like who buys this stuff? Yeah. Like that's, yeah. <laughs> and it's actually funny when people, you know, in my life, not just like nurses or whatever on the internet, you guys kind of understand it but like in life when people are like so what do you do I'm like oh I'm a writer for the internet like, oh. <laughs> yeah like what do you think like when you have when you go to webmd.com who writes that someone needs paid for their time that's what that is that's kind of what I do that's how I simplify it because people are otherwise are like huh what and so yeah some of the clients 
I have right now, I've, I've worked with all different types of clients, but I mean, I'll just name drop and say Pfizer is one of our clients. Everybody knows them now. And, you know, it's, we do a lot of evidence-based research for them and writing. And that's, that's the whole, the whole thing behind it for me is like, I want people to have evidence-based research because I think this year more than any people don't know how to do research and we have that advantage as nurses to to do the right research to know what we're looking for to look at the credible studies and understand what we're writing and and source the right things so I think overall my goal and mission as a writer and as you know having my agency is to provide content to the lay person that makes sense and is real that, you know, they come to my OB department and they read something on the internet, it makes no sense. It, it angers me. So, you know, that's my mission to kind of change that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. And actually I need to send some of my research students who are like, oh, when are we ever going to use this? And they're like, well, look, <laughs> you're yeah, you can actually turn this in. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. You'll pay more attention <laughs> if you know you can make money at the end uh, with this. Exactly. Okay, so um, when you're writing for people like Pfizer, um, how often do they have you write? Like what kind of volume do you, that does this end up being? And So it depends. Um, clients like Pfizer, they have a whole like internal team, right? So they have like constant content going out all the time. So they have writers on their team. They use us in, as a freelance side of it, us as in like my agency of nurse writers. So they may pitch to me like, hey, Janine, do you have opening, do you have somebody who specializes in oncology and can write this piece? And they'll give me like the title and maybe the brief behind it, meaning like the outline. And I'm like, yeah, actually I know Bob Smith can write this one, you know, and <laughs> ask Bob if he could do it. And like, yeah, I, I definitely can do that. So um, we start like them, it's kind of hit or miss. We do have retainer clients that want, you know, four blogs a month or, two blogs a month, whatever that might look like. And what that does for them, and the people that are buying the content know the value behind it, right? They know that they need content for their site to be seen on Google for patients to come in the door if it's a practice. So it's it's hard. It's a hard sell to those that don't realize the value. Uh, so you can't just go down the road to your primary care office to the doctor who's about to retire and go, you should be on the internet and I want to provide content and you should pay this much money for it. They, they won't understand the value. So really it comes from those that actually understand the value will buy the content. Right, exactly. So, um, you know, a question here is like, one of the things that I learned early on, and you can comment on this is, you know, some people would hire, I don't know, people from the Philippines and, and no offense against them, but they're not necessarily English writers. And then it, it, Google kind of came out and was like, we only want healthcare content written by healthcare workers. And, and how did that change things? Yeah. So when Google said that, I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, so there's even those like robots now that those AI tools that do the same thing, right? That you can get something spit out and it can it's not going to rank. I mean, you'll get content, but truly it's not going to rank for you on SEO or, or whatever on Google. So what happens is um, when Google put that in place, it made everybody in the industry go, oh no, we need actually people that do this. So, you know, let's translate it a little bit, not just to health, but if you're a, a person looking for legal advice, right? So if you're getting a divorce and you're like, I need an attorney and you start searching local divorce attorneys in my area, the people that have content 
are going to show up first. And those people that have content, when you start reading just like a blog article about getting a divorce, you are going to trust if it's written by a divorce attorney. So it's it helps with the established trust um, authoritativeness. And that's that's what we do in the health industry too. You want to read content that was written written by somebody who works in the space that understands it and knows it. So it comes down to like nurses, um, they want us on their website. They want it to say written by Janine Kalbach, RNCOB, because it says like, yeah, Janine has experience in OB and she is qualified to write this article. Right. And they may even too like want what's called a ghostwriter. So say Dr. Smith, who's an OBGYN, wants some content for his website, I can write it. And obviously he would review it, but it may go under his name because he's a doctor and he wants his his credit credit um, credibility on it, like as an MD. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. You just write it as a ghostwriter. Right. And there's, there's something definitely to be said about that because, you know, I feel like I have used content writers before that, you know, I was just like, nah, you know, the content's way too important. I can't just have like random crap out there. So, you know, it really, that person has to be high quality and somebody that can speak at a level that you want. And a lot of times these um, content writers, especially the ones that maybe aren't English speakers, will go through and do their or English is the first language, I should say, but um, they'll go through and find all this stuff on the web, whether it's true or not, you know, you don't know, like you don't know where these sources are coming from and then they'll compile a bunch of data and you really need that final person to review it and say, no, this, this is from like 1970, we don't do this anymore, you know, but they yeah. might not know that because it's just this regurgitated content and you really need somebody that knows the space to be in there. And the tone, right? So you you read some of that stuff and you're like, it's too formal or too robotic. So you, you always want content written for the audience that you're trying to serve. So Pfizer has all different like levels in their company. So they have like the really, really high scientific side to the lay person who just wants information about like the latest on COVID vaccine that they have or whatever. So they would have an article for that. So it really comes down to um, honing in on like the tone and the audience that you're serving to make sure that it's coming across like in the right manner. Yeah. And the I, the AI, like you said, the artificial intelligence, um, you know, that's really, really tempting because you see it and it's inexpensive. And I'm like, yes. oh my God, I could bang out 50 articles and, and whatnot. But again, it comes back to this comes under my brand, this is going out into the world. And, you know, it's not about the quantity of stuff. So, you know, I'd much rather pay for value than for just this quantity. Right, right. Um, now, what if a, a nurse is listening and she's like, well, you know, I, I think I'm a good writer. I don't know. I write really good research papers and stuff like one. How do you take nurses? And I've had this because we've done a lot of websites where the nurses will send. I'll say, oh, I just need a headline or, you know, what? The, and they'll send me like three pages. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need it like 10 words, <laughs> you know, but we've been trained to like write over deliver really dense, yeah, <laughs> dense paragraphs that just are not Internet friendly. Yes. So when people come to, well, first off, they usually doubt themselves. I am not a writer. I don't know if I can do this because I don't have a degree in it, right? We all think like, because our nursing degree is so valuable. I mean, it's, I had an interview with somebody this morning. We were just talking about like how, like what our degree compared to 
any other profession has uh, offers us to do. So you can go into informatics and do all those subspecialties just as a nurse. So when it looks like, you know, I'm a writer, but I'm a nurse, like I don't need a degree to do it because it's a skill. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know how you want to look at it. Nursing, you can't go to school online to be a bedside nurse. You just can't. They they're they want to, the schools want to make it happen, but we know that nurse, whoever did that program is not going to be a good bedside nurse when she comes out of that program because she hasn't had the hands-on and the, and the demos and all this stuff we had to do in nursing school. So when it comes to writing though, it's, it's opposite. You don't need a degree, you need practice. So write every single day. I don't care if you're writing about the sun and, and the color of the trees, write every single day and you'll learn from your mistakes. Use editors. Um, Hemingway app is great. Grammarly is wonderful. Um, and then the other thing I do when, when nurses are like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to submit this. I'm nervous. Get an editor. There's plenty of editors out there. Everybody needs an editor. Stephen King needs an editor. Every, every author needs an editor. There's nothing wrong or ashamed at all to say, hey, can you look at this and edit this for me? And don't get hurt when you see those red lines, when you're like, oh, wow, I guess I could have been a little more clearer here or whatever. So my my downfall, and I'll just be transparent to say like, I've been doing this for a while. I'm still wordy. I'm still not clear at times. So I need an editor and that's <laughs> nothing wrong with it. It's just me. So um, definitely those that are interested, come on over to SavvyNurseWriter.com. Take a look at what we had to offer. I'm not a writing coach by any means. I help nurses build profitable writing businesses. It's more of a business side. The writing will come. The writing is practice and the writing is a skill. And the more you do it, the better you're going to be. Right. So you have, it seems like a couple, a few layers to your business because you um, do content writing, then you teach nurses how to do content writing, and then you have agency. Can you talk about those three yeah. different layers? <laughs> so I always try to like marry them into one business and it just doesn't work. So I say I'm an identical twin. So I say like, people always wanted me to be one person. I'm not, I'm two different people. We got two different, and now we come together. We're amazing together, right? So we always tell people that you get a double, it's awesome. So that's how I feel about my business now. So on the savvy nurse writer side, it's the hub for nurses to come to, to become writer. So you come over there, you're going to, I think our Facebook group has over 1300 people in it now. And they're all nurses that want to become freelance writers. And I have that free group. And then even if you don't want to pay me money, I don't care. Come hang out with us, come join the job board and you can try and write for money. So I've had a lot of nurses be like, Hey, Janine, I've been writing for a very long time. I have an established business. Can I come to your group? Yeah, please come to my group because I want your value and your um, conversation to help these other writers as well. So we can come together as nurses and help one another. And so, but they may not be interested in the membership or the course because they already do this and, and they do it every single day and that's fine, but they can still apply to be in the, um, not apply, you just go into the writer directory. So you would go in there and say, Janine Kalbach, my bio, like two or three sentences about myself, maybe some places I've written for, my website, my social links, whatever. And then, and say like, I work in OB, I have other specialties. And then when I'm looking on the agency side, so say I have a client on the women's health side, that's like, hey, Janine, I need some, some writers for a project in this women's health side. Do you have any writers that 
right for women's health. And then go to my little database, I filter it out and I say, actually I have 35 writers in the women's health space. How can we help? And they're like, oh my gosh, like they think this is the greatest thing ever because they've been searching for a writer forever and can't find anybody. Well, even if you're not in the membership, you're not in the course, you could say like, you know, if I say, hey, Sally, I see that you have writing experience in women's health you're on my database. Would you be interested in this article? And Sally says, heck yeah. And I say, I'll pay you 160 bucks. She's like, okay. And she'll write it. And we, we kind of do the agency transfer to the client. So it's a win-win for everybody, so but I can't you... make it one because the clients don't know what's going on on the writer's side. <laughs> it just gets messy. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But how do you like ensure um, like quality control? Like, have you ever come into yeah. issues where you know, maybe the writer wasn't up to par. Yeah. So clients always think it's an emergency. And then I have to tell clients, no, actually an emergency is hospital. So yeah. an emergency is, is when I have die? bleeding out. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, your content is not my emergency. <laughs> and it's not going to rake tomorrow. But so I tell them like, we have a standard of a 10 to 14 day turnaround. You can order one article or you can order order 16 of them. It's still going to be a 10 to 14 day turnaround because of our editorial process. So what happens is if you, if I was like, Katie, um, have you assigned to this article? Katie writes the article. I give you a deadline first. So the deadline would be like a week to get it to my editor um, by like, five days and then it comes back to me by day seven then I take a look at it and then we wrap it in a nice bow and give it to the client the reason I say like five to seven and we say 10 to 14 is if for some reason you're not hitting the mark it's a learning experience and we just say like okay you have a chance to rewrite it or we can hand this off to somebody else and sometimes we have to hand it off sometimes not so you know it just depends some people um are very brave and confident and submit and sometimes it doesn't meet the mark but that's how we do it we just make sure that it's a nice it's not just and it's not the writer working directly with the client because that can get messy too so i'm like that middleman to make sure the quality control like you said like make sure that it's it's a nice deliverable system and that the quality is good well um so you know the the that editorial process like where do you how big is your team like <laughs> where do you get all these people it's taken time it used to be me yeah but I, i've it's been there grown. <laughs> it's growing um i have uh bliss Splain is my she was a writer with mine and she really enjoys editing so actually deanna gillingham she's been editing her books and now she's my editor as well for the articles that we do inside you know the agency so she's doing that pretty much She's my sole person. And then I have a backup person if she's like, she's going to have a baby soon. So we got to make sure we got something in place there. And God, then I have, she takes a day off, right? Yeah, no, yeah, like, don't, don't get COVID or something. <laughs> and then um, I actually have somebody who helps me with social, social media side too. So she handles all that. Um, and then, yeah. And otherwise it's pretty much me still like we just kind of make it work sometimes we're just very busy and sometimes we're not so I can't I can't afford right now to be like I'm gonna hire someone on full-time I shouldn't say afford I should say more like I want to make sure I give somebody the work that they deserve if they're part of my team that often so so yeah exactly. it's it works out lots yeah. of systems and processes I will tell you if I didn't have my systems in place and the processes behind it it would it would blow up and hopefully I don't get COVID and die tomorrow because the whole business will be like shot nobody can do this side yet 
<laughs> Only nurses could joke about this. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, we've been through that with growing pains as well. Cause like doing standard operating procedures, like this is like the bane of my existence. I have no yes. interest in doing this, but it's been a problem because I had no interest in doing it and everything was in my head. And when I started bringing team members on, I'm like, oh, you just take over the podcast. And they're like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, oh. yes, you know? I know. <laughs> I know I've learned to like Loom is one of my favorite tools because I just do a lot of screen recording and talking through it rather than writing it all down all the time. But yeah, you don't, and everything, that's the other thing I do. Everything I do that's a repetitive basis, I think, what can I do to automate this? So I use Zapier a lot for automation. I use ClickUp as my um, portal of everything. Like that's where my job board is. That's where my client folders are. And it's, my favorite tool it's, you know it's comparable to like asana or monday.com whatever people are using but it's my favorite one by far awesome all right janine well um where can people find you if they want to be a freelance nurse they want to be part of your agency how do they get in touch with you yeah yeah so come on over to savvynursewriter.com you can check out the podcast um which katie was on <laughs> the savvy scribes and um the the facebook group is savvy nurse writer community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this with us today. I appreciate you. Thank you.